Shapeshifters. Well, tonight's shapeshifter is Dion Chang. Dion Chang is a trend analyst. He's a trend setter. How many pairs of brogues have you got? About, I know, 8 to 10 and counting. 8 to 10 and counting. Collects brogues. Brogues are posh shoes, by the way, with, with holes in them. I think the original designs for brogues were probably to in Scotland to let water out um, when you were running through the bogs. I think that's where brogues originated, didn't they? Well, and most people say to me, oh, you've got the golfing shoes on. <laughs> we, they do look a bit like golf shoes, but the, for those people who like golf, um, uh, brogues are trendy, right? I mean, I've got a, I've got a pair. Um, Brogues are trendy. You're a trends analyst. Well, uh, yeah, a, a different kind of trend that, that I follow. But but I basically have a philosophy of 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 just buying shoes that I'll never ever see somewhere else. Or ah, um, so okay. it's, a, it's, a, it's a good philosophy. It's, yeah. it's an expensive hobby, no doubt. It is, but it's not that frequent because you don't <laughs> yeah, the, the the frequency of of finding those really really phenomenal shoes uh, is is not that often. Have you ever had a pair made? Um, no, I haven't. Shoes. No, but bespoke clothing and suits yeah. and that. Yes. Are, are you? <clears throat> is it? What's the difference between a trendsetter and a fashion victim? A trendsetter, I think, doesn't follow the fashion trends. Uh-huh. Uh, and, so, and which a fashion are victim you? Is, uh, well, of course, <laughs> it's, uh, the, the trendsetter. And 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 ironically, because that, you know that that's that's where I. I, I cut my teeth that was kind of the you know first you know i'm onto like a third career in my life but the the whole fashion thing was it's ironic that now that i I run a trends company i absolutely tell people i think fashion trends are an obsolete and rather quaint 20th century um uh, concept why it's it's just had its day if you look at sort of mass retail and the sort of fast cycle of it and i say we've been we, we we caught in a in a sort of a mass fast fashion cul-de-sac for, for, the, for the past couple of years, and, and, and we need a new perspective now. So. But that's quite damning from a guy who studied fashion design and a guy who worked within the media <laughs> industry promoting the concept of fashion as being appropriate and trendy. Well, I think we've moved on from that, and, and I've, I've run this company for about 10 years now, and, and, and the reason I started it was because I thought that we were in that cul-de-sac and, and there was just mm. the sort of regurgitation of... Um, of, of of mass fast fashion trends. So so and and what reminded me of of where I am today is that why I enjoyed that industry, especially the sort of magazine industry and the media industry, was because I actually enjoyed the social movements. So if you look back at the eighties, like the punk movement and the uh. those kind of things, and so so the social change that that influenced the fashion is yeah. actually what I really really enjoyed, and and that sort of uh, shaped what I do now. But those were the real trends; those were social trends, weren't yes. they? That, yes. that sort of became a bit of. You can take your jacket off. It's okay. Um, oh, nice lining. Where was that? Yeah. Okay. Um, anyway, we'll take pic- <laughs> we, the video. Will be up. We've got the video of of uh, Dion Chang undressing, um, and, and that's and that's and that's a, a, a personalized lining that that uh, the designer gave for me. So. Oh, you know, I can't, I can't keep up. There's very little public information about Dion Chang, about who Dion Chang is. Is that deliberate? No, 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 no. Um, oh, good. I think there's, there's quite a lot out there because um, I, 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 a couple of years ago, I sort of bared my soul and I was part of the… Who do you was, think you are? Yes, that, that thing. And, and that was sort of quite a, uh, a revealing and snot and trana kind of Why uh, did you participate? Is it because you didn't know where you come from? I think I think I I participated that in in that because I I'd, I'd always f- felt a bit of a disconnect of of where I am because I never really fitted in anywhere. Um I sp- I spent quite a lot of time about 4 years um in Paris and London and there you sort of felt strange as well because when you said that you were South African 
um, they looked at me and they said, well, that's not quite possible. You don't look like Johnny Clegg and you're not no, black. Exactly. <laughs> South African, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, so, you know, and, and when, when on the first trips that I, that I did with my parents to, to, to places like Hong Kong, um, and I don't, I speak very rudimentary Cantonese. I don't speak Mandarin either. Um, so there, if you don't speak the language, but you look as I do, then you are kind of regarded as a second or third class citizen. You, you, so you don't fit in there. And then here in South Africa, I didn't really fit black or white or whatever. So you, so I've always been a, a sort of a, a misfit as well. So, mm. and, and also growing up in Pretoria, um, in the Calvinistic hotspot in sort of the 1970s and 80s was, was rather trying. But you also, I mean, I had a double O ID number. You know, my ID number ended with double O four and double O was white. Blanca. Yes. And yes. um, you would have had a different coat. Yes, we had. Because you weren't white. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Um, I, I remember, you know, through college and, and, and whenever I had to fill in those things, um, uh, you didn't quite know if you did black, white, Coloured, and then there was Asian, and then other. So I thought, were you other? I, well, I filled in other because I didn't really know what, <laughs> what else to fill in. What did you learn from who do you think you are? Which is a, a great series. I missed yours, I'm afraid. But uh, so who who do you think? Who do you know you are? As a I, result, I, I discovered out of that it was really really interesting that um, my entire family history is filled with uh, political and historical displacement. Um, so, so my, how far back did they go? Did they look at just South African elements, or did they go? No, further? I went. I went actually with uh, with my mum uh, to trace back our roots in South China. So, which was which was really nice and very very illuminating. Um, but but I found out there. So so on my father's side, my my great grandfather arrived in Johannesburg at the age of I think sixteen. Um, and would that have been what the thirties? No, in the eighteen nineties. Eighteen nineties, my goodness. So my family has been here, yeah, for uh, since since then. Um, uh, my mom's family came through um, as well, and uh, their family had made some some money in South Africa and then went back to China, only to be met by the Cultural Revolution. Yeah. Um, and there were property owners, and my mom remembers, um, and she's probably listening tonight, um, that uh, she remembers uh, her, my grandparents saying, we have to leave now. And they literally had to flee in the middle of the night. So they came here, and then when my father's family were here, they, uh, my father grew up in Sophia Town, and then were displaced there by the... By, by that, that whole displacement. Uh, when, when but they, so you've got multi-generational displacement. Yes. Which is... Beyond sobering, it's 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 tragic on many levels, but it helps define who you are. I suppose it it helps define who, you, and and it's it's possibly why I I, I quite like a nomadic lifestyle. Mm. So um, airplanes, travel, all of that kind of thing is kind of embedded in my DNA. I think. What? How does that then influence what you do in terms of the world of trends? Because you go from fashion training into fashion magazines and into that kind of journalism. You ended up as the editor of El Man. But you've now launched this business consultancy yes. on trends. How does all of this patchwork and this tapestry of what makes up Dion Chang influence that? I think, it, I think an inherent curiosity of, of, of the world. When people say, you know, what do you really do? I just say, well, I'm really nosy. Um, <laughs> Welcome but, to our world. <laughs> yes. But, but on, my, on, my, on, on my business cards, it, you know, it doesn't say MD or whatever. It just says observer. And, and I think that's, that's, what I, that's what I do. I, I, I like observing and, and I like sort of standing aside and, and, and kind of seeing the things. And, and, and that's really how I, I, I developed and, and, and started Flex Trends was, was just a curiosity of the world. And it was literally a passion of mine to just 
clipped newspaper clippings, and I would get a pile of them. At the end of the year, I started sorting them out, and I discovered that they were actually patterns. So I would clump political ones together, <clears throat> religious ones, technology ones, and everything, and then patterns and starts started emerging. And that's literally how I started looking at, at, at trends and, and being able to, to sense them and feel them. Elaborate what you mean with patterns. Just take me through how you recognize a pattern. Because trends, of course, are patterns. Yeah, sure. No, I mean, you, you, you'd have a story, and, and what would attract me would be strange stories buried in, you know, page six or eight on, on a newspaper. And I remember the one uh, many, many years ago. This is very Mel Gibson conspiracy <laughs> theory uh, images that have been drawn up in my head here, yes. But, but the one thing that I do remember was, was some, um, uh, an incident, in, it was in the UK, it was the first divorce incident where um, uh, a woman was divorcing her husband because he um, had an avatar on Second Life. Um, in cyberspace. He was playing an, <clears throat> a, a, a sort of a, a cyberspace game about a life that was better yes. than his real life. And his, and his avatar was seeing another avatar in cyberspace and, and his wife got really, really upset. Cyber at this. infidelity. Exactly. <laughs> and that fascinated me because that was the story behind the story and, and it just, it illustrated where we were going with social media, with technology, mm. with human interactions and that sort of, that part of it really, really interested me and and I'm fortunate now that, that the world is shifting so radically and so dramatically that, especially in terms of business, because about five years ago, I shifted the focus slightly and, and made the mantra trends as business strategy. So, you, so looking at, at, at that. And I think I'm just fortunate because now all the indicators that sort of run and steer businesses are not your traditional indicators. You have to look at the blind spots, and, and I like looking at blind spots. It's very Clem Sunter. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I mean, Clem's made a, made a good living out of spotting trends and extrapolating those trends. Yours is different, though, I get a sense. I mean, yes. uh, do you have a, a scientific training? Have you studied the uh, – is there a mathematical process that, that happens? I mean, I'm trying to understand this concept of spotting the trends. Yes, um, and I have to disappoint you, but no, there's no scientific. It's, it's uh, organic. Yeah, uh, it, it, it is organic, and, and and over the years, I've been able to, uh, as as we were saying, see a, pa- a pattern. So, so if something emerges, so whether it's an emerging technology, it might come on the radar and blink once spectacularly, but if it doesn't start evolving, then then you know it, it's not going. So, for example, uh, they said about two years ago that three um, D home entertainment or TVs are going to revolutionize home entertainment, but they didn't. No, make you throw up in a dustbin. Exactly. <laughs> and you don't really want to sit at home in your lounge and, and be a couch potato yeah. with, with 3D glasses uh, on, on, on your face. So, so there's some things that gain traction, and then there are other things that, that, that I just find that the stories and I keep looking, and if, I have, if, I, if something comes onto the radar, I make sure I note that and keep tracking that. So things, I mean, the, the big obvious ones, you know, driverless cars, drones, mm. all of those kind of things, um, I see the progression. And when people say, well, it's not going to happen, you go, uh, actually, it is. I, I was having this conversation with the Elon Musk biographer yes. um, this week and talking about how Elon just sees the world differently and Elon sees a future that the rest of us really struggle to conceptualize. And I, I threw to the biographer and I said, well, I was reading some back copies of newspapers, doing some research for a project from a newspaper in 1965, which forecast in 1985 that we'd all be flying via space to London in an hour and a bit because we'd be going on rocket planes. (laughs) 
1965, that was entirely feasible. In 1985, it looked Not like it, yeah. Jules Verne. Um, what's the difference between science fantasy, science fiction, and what could be science fact in the trends world? I think you see, especially today in the digital era, there, there's so many technologies that, that are available, but it's not at that commercial tipping point. And, it, and it's to sort of be able to judge when that tipping point will, will really have, you know, have traction. So, so the whole thing about if we go back to drones, no, it's not going to happen. And it was, what, 18 months, two years ago that Jeff Bezos from Amazon said they will be, mm-hmm. be delivering by 2016. And they said, oh, it's not going to happen. It's a big uh, marketing ploy. And then at the beginning of this year, they've got commercial go-ahead to actually test. And, and, you know, and then you start looking at the, what, what you need to get into place to actually make this happen. And it's about airspace. It's about legislation, regulation, all of those kind of things, which are slowly inching forward. And um, in one of my talks, like, I, I show um, a talking drone, which means um, air traffic control. You, this drone actually talks back to air traffic control. So you're starting to see all of those problems um, start dissipating and you think it's getting closer, it's close, uh, getting much, much, much closer and it's gonna, it, it will happen. A shapeshifter this evening is Dion Chang. He's a trends analyst and he joins us in studio this evening. Uh, it's an interesting world that you're in because I've, I've got sick of the word innovation. If somebody sends me something with the word innovation in, I bin it. Yes. Because it's been overused and tired and everybody's capitalized on this. You started doing the annual trends a couple of years ago. Now everybody's doing annual trends. So you've set the trend about trends. Yes. You've, uh, when I, I jokingly say to people when I started about 10 years ago, trends weren't trendy. Um, mm. and, 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 and now they are. Um, but like I said, I think I've, I've been able to niche uh, what we do in, 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 in quite a specific way. How do you make it meaningful? Because you've got to monetize this. I mean, you're building a business around not only the brand of Dion Chang and the credibility of Dion Chang, but around the fact that you've got to make business believe that it needs these insights yes. to develop its strategy. Well, I'll, give you, I'll give you an example. About three years ago, um, so everybody was looking into millennials and, and, and most research companies uh, will look at millennials just purely as consumers. Millennials, people born 1990. So, yes, so you're 18, 18 to 30, roughly, uh, okay. age group um but so so when we did uh, at, at flux did the, the millennial studies um i switched it around i wanted to talk to the ceos <clears throat> and the the managers who were not dealing with a young workforce so i saw millennials not as consumers but as a social force and a workforce and we came out with a report called so you want to hire a millennial mm. and we really unpacked the that that kind of uh, dynamic between them so so in between the, the 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 stuff that you might expect we we do interesting um research into the, the last one the last year was was a a, a, a scratch a scratch i needed to to uh, to scratch uh, itch i needed to scratch there we go and and it was and, and it was about um dig, digital uh, addiction and 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 then again, I swung it to business because I noticed that a lot of companies, people were dropping like flies uh, from burnout. But what they thought was traditional burnout had another layer on it in in the digital era. So you, <clears throat> so you started looking at our addiction to to devices, smartphones, um, Facebook, Twitter, those sorts of things, all of those kind yeah. of things, multitasking, and how that was actually impacting on people's lives and and the, the addiction and how. 
those uh, blurred boundaries were actually starting to affect people, uh, the way in which people and, work. And really difficult for companies to deal with because so many of us will utilize digital devices. We will use those platforms and say, it's part of my work. Yes. You can't restrict my access because I need access to information. I need to know what people are thinking. Imagine if you try to restrict access in your office as the, as, as, when you're analyzing trends. It's not feasible. But some our companies have got to cope with this dynamic, particularly with the workforce that is born in an internet age and a world yes. that these guys don't know that there was a world before the internet. But that's, and that's where you asked uh, earlier, sort of, you know, what about the patterns and, and, and mm. how you look at that? And you start picking up different stories. So, so what I picked up was the epicenter of, of the change was surprisingly in the automotive industry in Germany, which were, who were putting a lot of uh, boundaries of, for example, not uh, your employees don't have to answer emails after hours. You can... Uh, cut off and Daimler did the the unthinkable and said, um, "We you are allowed to completely delete your email account while you're on on holiday," and it's something that I do, and people get really really upset with me. Um, but but you've <coughs> got you've got to have I suppose digital cold turkey from time to time because otherwise you, you do you the do. obsession levels and and, and and those were the oof. sort of patterns and things that I was picking up and and we put it and then you you sort of uh, you know uh, amalgamate all of your, your your research you put all the the threads together and a a really interesting picture starts emerging. And, and have your South African clients had the guts to implement any of that? Have you had got clients who go, you know what, yeah, we quite like this digital drought between 8 p.m. and 8 a.m. We can live with that. Or are we still At in the, the moment, early stage of development? It's, it's, it's been an interesting journey because I think, uh, A, I had to, to reinvent the, the magazine and fashion media persona into mm. trends to, to, to get it in, to speak to corporate companies. Um, and then for a while I was uh, let's just call it the the entertainment. You sort of give a trend talk and go, oh my gosh, that's that's. We really, need a nice, light, fluffy, that's, happy that's, talk to that's finish really the day. interesting, or or, yeah. or it's a bit of shock <laughs> tactics of, of where we're in the future. And suddenly, in the last two years, things have suddenly shifted. I've been. Uh, oh, I'm, this is serious. This yeah. is serious. Um, so I'm now uh, later this year doing my third and my fourth. Trends module at the Graduate School of Business in, in, in UCT in Cape Town. I've done some stuff at, at Gibbs here. Um, I'm about to start coaching and challenging an exco of a very, very large insurance company um, because they, they, underst- they understand that perhaps they're not moving in the right direction. So I started doing some work and There's I've been writing for there, them. Yeah. And, and you're starting to see that, that tipping point that I talked about suddenly come come through. But uh, we look at millennials. Aren't millennials like the middle age, <clears throat> in middle age now? Do we not need to be looking ahead? What's the next trend? What's coming up? What's big? We're about to launch in August uh, a new report um, about Generation Z. Who on earth is Generation <laughs> Z? Generation Z are your 17 and unders. And while it says it's quite ironic because uh, people are saying, well, they're still at school, so why are we looking at them? But their influence on household spending oh, huge. Yes. is starting to, to come. Yep. Yes, if you've got a, if you've got a uh, teenage... We, we, we've got Generation <laughs> Z kids, but they're not even teenagers yet, and they still run the which place. Means, which means you know that you don't uh, decide where you go on holiday. Um, they do. Um, and, and it's a really interesting, almost a self-calibrating, yeah. self-correcting generation. Um, it's, a post, it's completely post-9-11 uh, uh, they've lived through recession. They've got quite a one one person in New York described them as Generation K after Katniss Everdeen from The Hunger Games. Oh come on, <laughs> <laughs> because they've got this kind of this, yeah. this dystopian view of the world. 
Um, but your your true digital natives, they 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 they're a very for me they they're a, a a very different game changing. You love generation. the uncertainty that this, these these changes bring. I do, I do. It, it feeds you, <laughs> uh, Dion Chang. It's lovely to see you face to face. Thanks for coming in. Dion Chang is the trends analyst and a fascinating guy with a fascinating history, but also a guy with a fascinating future and helping to uh, helping corporate South Africa define that future in a more informed uh, and more more useful fashion. Uh, Sabrina Newland says that was wonderful. And, and others too. But Sabrina particularly, she used two lines. Thank you, to Sabrina. Tell you. There we go. Dion Chang, nice to see you. Thanks Thank for you coming. so much. Thank you very much.